Thanks for joining us on the Live One Radio podcast, now on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and coming soon to the iHeartRadio app. Now, we're talking to Lucas Hogue today. He's a country artist who's kind of been up and coming for a few years now, but he's on the brink of making a big We talk about his background growing up out in the country, his inspirations, his faith, and his music, and what's coming up for him in 2017 right now on the Live One Radio podcast. Live One Radio. Okay, on the Live One Radio podcast, I have the very talented Lucas Hogue. Did I say that correctly? You got it, man. I got it, yes. (laughs) I'm so embarrassed because when I was talking to Lucas on the phone before we started the podcast, I think I got the name wrong like 20 times. So, sorry about that, buddy. So, you're a Cornhusker. You're a Cornhusker, right? Yes, sir. 100%. We bleed red. So where is Hubble, Nebraska? Tell me where that is in the state of Nebraska. Oh, man. So if you're in Lincoln, which is the heart of Cornhusker country, go straight southwest along the Kansas-Nebraska border about an hour and a half. We're out in the middle of absolute nowhere. That's where my folks' farm is. They still live there and uh, work it. And, um, yeah, it's a small town of 44 people. It doesn't get much smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, on my way out to Boise, I moved here in April from Indianapolis, and I had to drive through Nebraska. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll knock this out in about four or five hours. No, no. (laughs) I think it took me 12 hours to drive from Lincoln. Uh, Let's see, North Platte. Does that sound right? Yeah, And then I went through some other towns, and it was really windy on that side of the state, and then I got into Wyoming. So you're absolutely right. You probably went through the Sand Hills out there towards, like, Valentine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of flat ground. It's God's country. I love it. Um, But it's uh, it's flat. (laughs) Okay. So growing up in Nebraska— Tell me what radio like is there, and and what's a, from what I see from your past, you you were a Christian a Christian artist before you went to mainstream country. So tell me about some of your musical inspirations, and what is radio country radio like out in that part of the country? Uh, country radio is very uh, it's very small. I mean, um, and I. I, I, th- I think that's funny when people say, oh, you used to be a Christian artist. I'm like, no. I mean. <laughs> you still are, right? Uh, well, no. I mean, I, I never, I, n- I was never like a, I was going down the Christian, um, the Christian road at all when it comes to my music. Um, to me, country music is, has faith-based stuff in it. It has oh, veins yes. all throughout it. So a lot of people would get that, that conception that, oh, yeah, he's this Christian country singer guy. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I've always done <laughs> Straight up country music just so happens that, you know, some of the, some of the uh, stories behind the songs are very inspirational based or something like that. Or I used to, I still do a lot of philanthropy work. So a lot of people get that uh, conception that, that I, I go down the Christian route. Now, I'm a Christian, don't get me wrong, but, but I've always had my, my roots set on country music 100%. And um, that's just where I've always lived. And when it comes to the country radio in the Midwest where I'm from, there was probably three or four like mom and pop stations mm-hmm. that were very very supportive of what i was doing and they were some of the first people to ever play anything that i would send out you know from any of my projects or anything like that and this one was kr92 which is still kicking strong <laughs> in belleville kansas right across the border 
about 13 miles from my hometown and and man they still play the crap out of every single song even if i never sent it to the station or in the labels never send it out or it's been on play mpe or all access or anything like that they find these songs that i've done <laughs> from years ago and they're still playing them and i love it i'm familiar with kr92 that's a uh, th- that thing's a flamethrower it's like a hundred thousand watts it, you can hear that a hundred miles in any direction so, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good radio station right there. Uh, and for, forgive me for the Christian music thing. Dang that Wikipedia. I start re- reading oh, no, Wikipedia. No, no. <laughs> Not at all, man. Not at all. I, still, I mean, I love all that stuff. And um, I actually, you know, the cool thing about my entire band that I have now is we all used to be worship leaders at some point in our, our lives. Yeah. Um, when I was going to school in Milford uh, for my degree, I was the worship leader at the UNL campus while I was going to college. And, um, you know, we started doing, you know, Christian projects and things like that. But my heart has always been in country music. I mean, that's just where I was raised. I got my start um, uh, in radio at my church. We had a small wattage Christian station in my church, and that's kind of what perked my interest in the radio. So. Uh, God, God can leave you, lead you in any direction he wants if he plants the seed absolutely. there for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely yeah. right. And that, I, mean, it, I mean, if you want to trail it back to how I got my start, it was definitely in the church, for sure. Um, growing up in that small little one-room you know, church that, uh, that I went to in Hubble there, I mean, it was literally a congregation of maybe 20 people at mm-hmm. its peak. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and my family was one of the largest families in, in Hubble, so it was... My two older sisters, an older brother, and me and my mom and dad, and we were pretty much the choir. <laughs> you and I have a similar background. So I grew up in a town of about 40 or 50 people. It's, it's Mackey, Indiana. And nice. we used to have signs because a, a major highway ran through there. You know how that works. And you've got the yellow oh, yeah. flashing light, and it says, Welcome to Mackey, Indiana. You would have been here by now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. God, that's a good one, man. I'll to see if they'll adopt that one back where I'm from. Well, the funny thing about the flashing arrow signs or whatever is we're just off the main drag. Um, so if you're on Highway 8 cutting through north and south um, Nebraska, I mean, you veer off for about a quarter mile, and then that, that'll lead you into Hubble. And it's a farm town. I mean, we've got a grain elevator, which is virtually non-existent. We used to have a, a bar downtown, a post office, and a bank. And now the post office is just a P.O. boxes, you know, where people yeah. can come in and get their stuff. But they decided, oh, I think it's a good idea to put a, a caution light up but in the in the one intersection that we had in the, in the town. <laughs> and they put it up, and not more than probably four hours later, a combine drives through and takes it down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because they had it suspended from all four corners, and it was a suspended light over the intersection. Yeah. I'm like, that, that's not very bright. Do you all uh, do any <laughs> tractor pulls out there? Oh, we do tractor pulls. Um, have you ever heard of cow pie bingo? Yep. <laughs> cow pie bingo is a fun one to play. Yes, it is. Especially when you've been drinking a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you try and feed the cow a little laxative so that it poops on your square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, uh. man! So, so at the age of seventeen, you started playing the guitar, you know, and uh-huh. then you. This is just unheard of in America, I think, in a lot of places. Maybe not in small towns, but the local residents of the small town raised twenty five hundred bucks to start your career. Tell me about that. 
Yeah. So as you know, growing up in that small town, and if you if you have any type of talent or want to exploit your own talent of any way, everybody's going to listen, and they're going to have you playing at their parties and their charity events and volunteer whatever. And um, so me and my dad and my brother would would perform everywhere because we were kind of the big fish in the little pond, you know. So anybody needed entertainment, we were the ones to do it. And we played a lot of variety shows and stuff. And back there, they've got their own little Opry's and and whatnot. So when it came time for me to just, you know, I had a bunch of bands going all at once. I had a rock band going called uh, Southern Cross. I had a country band going at um, called uh, Borderline. And then I had the worship um, band called Extreme Devotions that we would do. And all three of those, I I played every single week at, at wherever we were at, you know. And I graduated uh, college there. It was just a two-year college, and and it was just the point where I was like, "Hey, I I want to go try this for real." And does anybody want to go to Nashville with me? And everybody was like, "No, we've got families. We can't leave." <laughs> <You know? laughs> and um, I was like, "Okay, that's all cool. Let's let's put on a party and let's just have a fun time and a concert and see if we can raise any money." And man, everybody from county wide across, you know our little county there came and uh, the, the the women of the community quilted quilts, painted pictures, made baked goods, and they sold them and auctioned them off for me to go and pursue my dreams in Nashville. Yeah. I love everybody back there and it was just a great time. We did a variety show. I had all my friends come out and play and perform and sing and and it was just a good time and, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a great response and I'm hoping to go back. Um, here in the next couple months maybe and do kind of a cd release party with the new project that's coming out because it's been you know just a great time here and if i didn't have the support of my community and my family it's it's just you know wouldn't be near as cool as it is you know now to those who are listening what lucas just described is what what you call true fellowship if you need a barn built the whole county comes out to help build it and that's how it should be everywhere you know that's good stuff man good stuff so your one of your first songs was actually featured on the show Smallville, and I have a connection to that show, by the way. Um, I'm really good friends with Michael Rosenbaum, who played Lex Luthor in that show. What? He, he's from Dude, he's from my hometown. I went to high school with this guy. Come on, yeah. Man. So he's Dude, a, that is so cool. He's a he's a really good dude. Uh, he's got a I think he's got a new show on I can't a TV Land Network or whatever, but. Uh, uh, he, he and I think he just played with Justin Bieber in like an NHL All Star hockey game. How did that happen? I don't know. But anyways, enough oh, about that. Crap. Sorry, I just I saw that in your bio here, and I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I know a thing or two about Smallville. But tell me about what oh, it was like deep. to have your your song featured on a show like that. Oh well, I mean, if if anybody out there geeks out about any any kind of show, whether it's superheroes or Star Wars or Star Trek, I geek out about Superman. <laughs> really? I just, yeah, I love Superman. I love his comics. I love all of the movies. I pretty much own every Superman movie that was ever made. And when I met Lorlin, who is now one of the head people of our record label, mm-hmm. she she was like, so are there any, because she comes from TV and film, she's like, so are there any TV shows that you're watching that you really love to be a part of? And and I was like, uh, yeah, Smallville. She's like, well, write some stuff and we'll see if we can get it on there. And Sure enough, I wrote like 15 songs specifically for Smallville, you know, going after the, the kind of the vein of, you know, the somebody save me, that song, you know. Yeah, yeah. Huge song. 
so we were trying to, you know, write songs that we thought would fit the show. And she sent them all off, and it went through the process, and we didn't hear back, we didn't hear back. And finally, they call back and say, hey, we love your song, If Only I Could. We'd like to showcase it on Smallville. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I was flipping out, man. It was really cool. What an honor, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was a cool scene, too. So it's in episode eight, The Oracle, where Lois and Lana are fighting in the Talon, the big theater coffee shop thing there. Oh, yeah. Over, over Clark. And all you, all you hear is my song for like a minute and a half playing in the background while they're yelling at each other. Okay. <laughs> so what was it like? I'm sorry. I'm just, it, this is throwing me off a little bit, but you did a, I can't imagine Toby doing this, a Toby Keith Christmas production. I'm yeah. trying to imagine this. I, I, don't, I don't know how I've not seen this, but I, I, what was it like to work with Toby Keith on a Christmas production? Well, I'll be honest with you. We didn't get to hang out much. <laughs> so it was up in uh, Barbara Mandrell's big mansion, which is now called the Fontenelle here in Nashville, the big okay. cabin. So it was in their, their big deal. And I was literally sitting in the front row, that's it, of, 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 gosh, I think there was only three rows of people, maybe 20 people total. It was this little intimate production. And, and I was just sitting in the front row jamming out to his Christmas music. <laughs> There you go. Hey. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so I also see you worked with Faith Hill on the Saturday. Well, it's his Saturday night football. I'm going to guess it's Sunday night football. <laughs> it was Sunday night when they finally started doing the Sunday night and the Monday night football and stuff, and it was leading up into the Super Bowl. Gosh, how many years ago was that, Lyle? That's probably like five or six years ago, I guess, now. Yeah. And um, we did the commercial in um, – in Blackbird Studio here in, in Berry Hill in Nashville. And there was probably six or so of us trying out for the part. And I tried out for the engineer part. This is when I've got long hair, too. So if you're, I'll go and Google this commercial. I've got hair, like, just past my shoulders. <laughs> I'm actually looking at a picture of you on, uh, Wiki, on Wikipedia, which is not reliable, uh, obviously, uh, <laughs> with you with long hair at the Ryman, which had to yeah. be quite an experience. <laughs> oh, that was. That was. I'll go back to that in a second. But when it comes to doing the, the, the commercial with Faith, it was really cool because I got the part. So I'm her engineer behind the control board, behind the mixing board. And I've got my, my guy with me. And, and she's in singing her songs and she's throwing the red flags, you know, the challenge and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> throwing them out the window. And she's challenging the play and, and we're bantering back and forth. It was really, really cool. I had a fun time playing that one. So you played the Ryman. Let's go over the list of places you played in Nashville. Let's see. Have you you've done the Ryman? Have you done the Opry? I've not done the Opry yet. So, that, so, so that's on the bucket list, right? That is huge bucket list. Okay, huge bucket list. I, any other places uh, you, you want to note that you've played at that you've really enjoyed playing at? You know, I mean, the, the Ryman and the Grand Ole Opry stage are probably by far going to be my my biggest bucket list. Um, I would love to play. Obviously, the uh, the uh, Gillette Stadium, not, not Gillette Stadium, our big Coliseum down here. I can't even. They rename it Bridgestone Arena. They rename it like yeah. every three months, so it's hard to. <laughs> I saw Dirks there a couple of years ago. I love that place. Yeah. Yeah, it's so great, man. The energy in there with all the people—it's just a fantastic venue. Um, and then they've got a new uh, little amphitheater here right on the river called Ascend that uh, I would love to play as well soon. Okay. And I think we might be playing that uh, for CMA Fest. Okay, uh, now I'm going over a lot of the, the things you've done in the past, so we'll touch on one more thing, and then let's talk about the present, Lucas. But uh, yeah. this really threw me off. So you hosted 
an Animal Planet TV show. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a fun, fun show. And um, I was the singer-songwriter guy, kind of the sidekick of one of the truck drivers um, from Cookville. And we would rescue 160 to 180 dogs every single week. And um, we had a lot of uh, volunteers that helped rehabilitate them and, and get them back to where they were ready to be adopted into their forever homes. And we would go gather them up throughout the week and take them to their forever homes up in like the New England states, New York, mm-hmm. Maine, New Hampshire, and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that was the journey of the whole show. It was really, really cool. So that it was the, it was the either capturing the dog or, you know, grabbing these dogs from people who don't deserve dogs and rehabilitating them and, and just getting them healthy again. And then um, the process of adopting them out and, and getting them to a, a home that they're going to last forever at. So That's fun, man. So, uh, 2016, you, you, you've kind of got a new start, right? You signed with Rebel Engine and uh, yeah. you, you got some new things going on. T- tell me, what's, uh, what's down the road for Lucas Hodge right now? Absolutely. So um, signing with Rebel was, was awesome. They're, they're a label that gets it. You know, they, they want you to be the best artist you can be and the best you you can be and take your individuality and, and take it out there to the world. And they, and they want to be the catalyst to help you do that and not – and not stifle any of that creativity, which is great. So not only are they awesome, but the fact that we went straight to radio and, you know, Boom Boom's doing great out there right now. And we've got three more singles down the pike ready to go as well that are just, if not as good or if not better than than the last. And this project that I was recorded under the label is by far the best music I've ever done. (laughs) You know, I've got great co-writes on it i've got some amazing writers from sam hunt shane McAnally, josh osborne and <clears throat> casey timmer who's got the new ballerini cub one of my best friends so we've got lots of great great writers on this as well and i'm just happy to be a part of it and matt mcclure is my producer and he just went over the top and it's it's just a fantastic project and i just actually got out of a pre-production meeting right before i called you to finish up the last two tracks um for the project that we're going to release probably March, April of this year. Okay. So really looking forward to getting it out there. So I'm, I'm looking at your website right now, and uh, I'm sure that's more reliable than Wikipedia. But uh, it <laughs> uh, looks like you – I see a thing here that says you've been number one on CMT for the last three weeks. Tell me more about that. Yeah, it actually went seven weeks number one. Oh, did it? So, oh, yeah. Wow. So the, the, the music video for Boom Boom went uh, number one on seven weeks in a row on CMT. And um, it's it's just a fun video. Um, I'm sure you've heard the song "Boom Boom." And, yes. And uh, it, it kind of worked out great. Where you know we were just just starting the radio tour, and um, I'm in Vegas getting ready for the ACMs, and my buddy calls me up who does production and video and stuff like that um, for a lot of different stations and, and TV outlets. And he says, "Hey man, where are you at? What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm in Vegas." He's like, "I was hoping you were." He's like, let's go shoot your music video. I was like, serious? <laughs> He's like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, well, send me some sort of storyboard. And he just so happened to have it storyboarded already. And behind my back, he was like hoping that we could do this together. And, and it just worked out perfectly. And I went and re- rented a 68 Shelby Cobra, one of my dream cars. And um, put, they put me in this James Bond, Frank Sinatra tux. And we're driving through Red Rocks and... Um, they hired this beautiful girl to come in and play my love interest. And it was just a great, great video. And it just turned out perfect. And, um, yeah, everybody seems to be digging it. So 
we're hoping that it has that life uh, for the Valentine's Day too, because it's that cool, heartfelt little twist on a love story. So, so you've had a you've had a pretty expansive career, about ten years or so, give or take. Tell me, is there a song that you've done, past, present, or one that might be coming out that is really close to you right now that you'd like to tell your listeners about? <clears throat> Absolutely. And like I said, there's a ton of songs on this project that I absolutely love and that are amazing, but there's this one that's coming out. It's a song I wrote. Uh, It took me a long, long time to write it and and a lot of of tears to write it too. Yeah. And uh, I had to bring in a couple friends of mine to help me finish it because I was so close to it. But uh, I lost a dear, dear friend of mine right out of high school um, who... He's basically my my brother. I mean, we rode bikes up and down the dirt roads, and you know, I mean, we did everything together, going up from kindergarten through, you know, until he passed away. And he was killed in a car accident. And um, if you know, you know, living in those small towns, when people yes. pass away, it's just like holy crap, you know, you, you you lose an appendage, you know. So people came from miles and miles around to be a part of the services when this kid passed away. And I mean, the church was so small, they had to set up, you know, satellite services in like tents and in other rooms of the church so that people could be a part of it, you know? Yeah. So, and I, I was sitting there at the front row of the church going, you know what, if I live my life half as good as this guy did, have all these people come and say goodbye and, and show their respects, then I'd be doing something right. So I wrote the song, Who's Gonna Be There When It's My Time To Go, <clears throat> you know, about him. and and all that so it's a song that's very very close to my heart and um this is actually one of the songs that we're finishing up right now so i really hope it uh, comes across like i want it to and that everybody can get a little value out of it as well yeah i i can relate to that when i was um a junior in high school a good buddy of mine that i had played baseball with from like age i don't know age eight I mean, we, we, you know, yeah. we both came up together. You know how that works in small towns. You yeah. guys play as a group and you move up. Uh, John Anderson, uh, he, uh, yeah, my junior year, the summer of my junior year, he died. Uh, he fell out of the back of a truck. Uh, oh. they, they were out mudding, you know, just goofing off. And you know how that, yeah. that happens sometimes. And, uh, you know, so he passed on and that, that, that hit the whole community hard because he was a very popular, popular kid in the community. Um, and uh-huh. he and I have been best. I mean, we lived like four houses down from each other down the same road riding bikes going fishing you know all totally. that you know yeah. so i could totally relate to that man that's uh that's good stuff right there man, uh, man i'm gonna take to a listen it. to that song when we get off the podcast here because i haven't heard it yet so i'm gonna check well, it we out we haven't even recorded it it's oh, the only okay. place you can get it the only place you can actually see it and listen to it is a video i did in blackbird studio um i did a live version with my band and uh, you check that out <clears throat> it's okay. um it's just uh, YouTube. Who's going to be there by Lucas Hogan? It should pop up. I'll have um, I'll have Brian send it to me. How's that sound? Yeah, totally. Okay, totally. yeah, yeah. I want to take a listen to that, man. Uh, one other thing, I got to compliment you on is on your website. Okay, you know how on the, the 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 promotional stuff on artist websites they've got different pictures, but the first thing that pops up when you go to your website is you with a bow. And I love oh, the yeah. bow. I love the bow hunt, man. Love it. Oh, love good. It. <laughs> Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan of archery. It's just uh, one of those pr- still as primal as you can get, yeah. you know, and having to get close up with an animal and, and just respecting the fact that you have to be in tune with nature or you're not even going to become close <laughs> <laughs> to getting something. So, yeah, it's, it's great. And to have a sponsor like Cabela's behind me, it's, it's really cool to be able to bring that together and, and be able to share the love of the outdoors 
with everybody. Because oh, my goodness. You shouldn't have told me that because now I'm going to be wanting to hook up on some Cabela's, man. <laughs> Let's do it. What do you need? <laughs> Let's see. Need a new compound bow. Need some new camouflage. Uh, need some new uh, exactly. ra- some, some, some mud and boots, as I call them, or rain boots. Uh, yeah, man. You know how that works. Is there a place that uh, you've been hunting lately that's, uh, that, that you really loved and, and got something good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> there's a place in southern Colorado, south of Pueblo, that um, a buddy of mine and his very wealthy friends own. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I get so blessed and so fortunate that they call me a friend and they invite me out every year to go uh, elk hunting on this property. And it's basically an entire mountain. I'll send you a picture of where we He owns a mountain? Flip. Oh, yeah. They, they own several. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> insane and they have these cabins i'm doing air quotes right now they're cabins <laughs> on this property right right and i mean they're like three and five thousand square foot uh homes that are just gorgeous and they only use them maybe two months out of the year you know when it's time to go hunting it's just awesome and um and we do it all on our own we don't have guides or anything like that we're doing it you know the old-fashioned spot and stock and we hunt just as hard as we like to play you know and and we go out there and it's the real deal you know we'll we'll walk for days and miles and and if we get something that's clear down in the in the valley we'll pack it out you know yeah yeah something that's very natural and 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 instinctive for most of us that grew up in the outdoors but uh would love and i love sharing the story with people that uh maybe didn't grow up in the outdoors or grow up hunting and letting them know um about about that and about the fact that you've got to harvest these animals and protect them at the same time. Yeah. And it's it's a good thing, you know. You should uh come out to Idaho and do some hunting, man. There's some there's some good places out here, man, I'm telling you. I uh, it's insane. I would love to. Insane. So beautiful man. up there. Cool, man. I would love to. So great to hunt. Before we wrap up the podcast, I always do a few questions. Just random questions. Don't get worried. I promise they're good questions. Okay, first okay. question I always ask an artist is, if there was one artist that you, if, if you had to end your career right now, and if there's one artist that you could do a duet with, who would it be? Oh, Garth Brooks, hands down. Hands down, Garth Brooks, man, because I grew up in that era, you know, so I grew up listening to Garth at a very, very young age. I think at seven years old, was when No Fences came out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm, I'm dating myself right there, but I just fell in love with that music. And then it opened me up to the singer-songwriters out there playing. So I started listening to Skip Ewing and Paul Overstreet and Michael Peterson. And then I was just like, holy crap. So I would love to do a duet with Garth. Okay. If there's one hymn you could do with Garth Brooks, what would it be? One hymn. Probably have to be in, in the, Into the Garden. Great choice. Great choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good tune. Okay. If if you could play one place to end your career, one venue, which one would it be? <laughs> That's a tougher question. That is a tough, tough question. Um, I've got to play the Ryman. That's a career ender for me, but hopefully I will keep, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would say... A place I've always wanted to go and I've yet been to that I grew up as a kid always loving the culture there was Australia. So I would love to play the Sydney Opry House. Interesting. 
You're talking about the the big uh, th- that big amphitheater, right? Like on the water? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it looks like clamshells. Yeah, and all funky. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Okay, and finally, I this is I I don't think this is a hard hitting question, but I feel like I got to ask it. How do you feel about the direction of country music right now as it stands today? You know, that, that is a hard question to answer. Um, I take it I take it back to like Conway Twitty days, you know, where mm-hmm. where everybody said, "Oh, Conway's not country," you know. <laughs> you know? And they actually said that. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because Conway was straight up a pop act. They, everybody thought that he was going to be just pop straight up, and he was changing the face of country music and blah blah blah. And and that's how I feel that there's genre, there's eras of country music, the '90s. Garth to me changed the face of country music. Yes, no and question. And then you know, going to the 2000s, I believe you know whether people want to believe it or not, but Florida Georgia Line started changing the face of country music. I would agree and with that. Yep. So there's tons of that going on throughout the years, and I just feel you know there's there's room for all of it. You know, from yeah. the this traditional country to the the country music that's today. So. I think there's room for all of it, and it's going to continue to change. And when things stop changing is when they start dying. So I think it's good. Okay. Now, if you had to put yourself in the midst of what how country is right now, how would you – I don't want to minim, I don't want to like categorize you or minimize what you're doing, but sure. what kind of artist do you consider yourself like um, in country? In country music, I consider myself – a traditionalist with an edge. I love the elements of the story songs, and I love that element that I grew up with, listening yeah. to all the stories and everything like that, and the traditional aspects of country music. But I also feel that I'm, I'm current in the fact that you've got to change with the times, and my sound has always been kind of that sound anyway. So it's great that I, I fit in, I guess, a little better now than I ever did, even though I love the traditional stuff, and I still sing about it. But I bring in the story songs with the new age of country music, if that makes sense. You know, one of the modern country artists that one of my favorites who does the storytelling type style that you're talking about is uh, Rodney Atkins. Totally. Yeah. Completely. And and like when you hear uh, a lot of his songs that were released in the last few years, I think that kind of totally fits in with what you're describing. So that's good stuff. I. I'm trying. I, I'm drawing a blank on some Rodney Atkins songs, but I know there's a few that I like. And <laughs> take a back road. Uh, uh, what's the one with with, with the dad? Um, yeah, uh, uh, what is that one called? My, my little buckaroo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you, you, you see where I'm going with that. Um, totally. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, hey, you're welcome to come to Boise anytime. Come on by the station, play for me a little bit. Maybe we'll get a little small crowd in here, or we can we can take you somewhere. Maybe do a show with you, man. It'd be great. Uh, I'm one in 100%. I'll bring my bow and some 3D targets, and we'll have some fun, too. <laughs> so at the end of the podcast, I always give free plug time. Is there a charity? Is there something going on that you'd like to promote real quick and tell the listeners about to, to get behind and support? Absolutely. Um, I've got so many. Obviously, cystic fibrosis is one close to my heart. I go down to Port of Art every year, and we do a show, and we raise tons of money for cystic fibrosis. But I'm also in the process of getting ready for my – Ninth tour overseas with Wrangler National Patriot. Wow. So, yeah, so we're going back overseas probably to Afghanistan or Iraq again or something like that. So um, we're actually in the process of putting that together as we speak. So go out and check out Wrangler National Patriot. 
Anytime you buy a piece of apparel that has the WMP logo on it, $7 from that shirt goes back into the fund for all of our military and their families, their kids, medical bills, school, whatever it is. And that's huge when you're talking a, a shirt that probably costs more than seven dollars to manufacture (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's not much margin there (laughs) gotcha um and finally uh plug really quick your social media profiles your website all that good stuff where can people find you if they've not heard your music before absolutely go check out lucas hogue l-u-c-a-s-h-o-g-e hogue and then all my social media is pretty easy facebook lucas hogue twitter lucas hogue instagram snapchat all that stuff it's just my name so please check it out download the songs watch the videos we love to have fun so hopefully you'll come along for the ride and man i just gave you a follow while we've been talking i gave you a follow on twitter and instagram be glad to have you as a follower man follow me back if you don't mind oh heck yeah do it right now all right man hey thanks for being on the live one radio podcast and good luck in 2017 man i think it's going to be a big year for you thanks rick appreciate you having me on and look forward to coming up and hanging out with you guys